0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Westmont Works. Grace and Kayla here yet again, gladly bringing you this podcast on behalf of the Westmont Cove. Cove updates and resources can be found on our Instagram page, so please follow us at the Cove Westmont College. Be on the lookout for upcoming events, especially as we start to usher in this holiday season. Several weeks ago now, Cove hosted a panel highlighting different Westmont alum who shared their experiences with grad school. Today we are going to focus on grad school and specifically what that looks like globally, not just domestically. Because our podcasts are brief, we can't explain every aspect of grad school, nor can we delve into each of our listeners' specific situations. But, if you are interested in learning more about grad school, and if it's the right option for you after Westmont, we encourage you to read the article, Should You Go to Grad School? by Shiraj Shamassian on collegeinfogeek.com. The article does a great job of exploring the different avenues of grad school and focuses on five key factors that would help you decide if a grad school degree is something you want to pursue. The five factors are career prospects, cost to attend, career earnings, time, and opportunity cost. For the sake of time we won't break each of those categories down but if you are curious about finding your path post-graduation check out the article at collegeinfogeek.com. Today's episode is a little shorter, but we figured you listeners wouldn't mind as you're all busy wrapping up and getting ready for Thanksgiving break. This episode will be highlighting an international avenue one can pursue for grad school, with some great insight for both application process and factors that can contribute to your decision to get another degree. We had hoped to pair our interview today with an account of someone who has received their degree in the U.S., but know that if you are interested in getting a graduate degree in the United States, all of your professors are amazing resources. Also, if you want to talk about what your grad school path might look like, please always feel free to sign up for a meeting on Handshake or pop by your CDA's office hours, which are posted on our Instagram and chat with them about your options. All right, so joining us today, we have Jonah Zahn, who is a 2019 Westmont graduate who is actually doing grad school abroad. Jonah, welcome on to Westmont Works.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here.
0: Well, we know that it's really, well, not really late for you there, but we know that it's late for you there. But uh, would you tell us what prompted you to go to grad school?
1: Oh, man, it was a little bit of a process, but Um, I graduated early from Westmont and I'm a nerd. I love learning. So I knew kind of throughout the process of being an undergrad that I wanted to deepen my knowledge, especially of international law and justice. And so I I looked at law school originally and that's a three-year program. And I I knew I could do that later in my twenties. Um, and so I I knew I had the time to fit in a a shorter master's program. Um, and it it went directly in line with my study abroad program. I did Westmont in Northern Europe. And so it was really it was a natural progression, to say the least, from graduating in December 2019 and then um, applying to grad schools, looking ahead and saying, "Okay, I want to keep doing this, kind of keep doing this work.
0: Yeah. And you have such an interesting story as well, because really all of this kind of happened right during COVID. You know what I mean? You got back from your study abroad program and you are so unique in the sense that you had to navigate going to grad school and applying and all of that while also dealing with the weirdness of the world. Tell us about that. What was the process?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. So I uh, was working on my grad school applications and interviews um, during my study abroad experience. So I was in Ireland and Germany for most of that. Um, And that looked like doing interviews from, you know, pubs that had better Wi-Fi than my apartment (laughs) and just really quirky stuff. You just really make it work where you can Um, And I submitted my applications in January. So still, COVID wasn't really on a global radar. Um, It was something you might have heard like a little bit of. And then I found out I got into LSE February 21st, I believe was the day.
0: Okay. And what is Um, LSE real quick, just for our listeners?
1: Yeah. So I'm doing a one-year master's at the London School of Economics and Political Science Um, it's, it's one of the leading social science institutions in Europe and they're really, um, known for their, their quantitative methods and analysis. So they're really good at preparing people for PhDs essentially, Mm -hmm. or policy work. Um, and so from my background being interested in in justice and public policy, I knew that, um, I could get a lot of the same methods training as, as a three-year program in the U S or maybe, Um, I could prepare myself well as opposed to going directly into the workforce to prepare me later for law school. Nice. So, yeah.
0: So then, what were, I mean, did you list out pros and cons, pros, uh, you know, of going to Europe for a grad program, or, you know, how did you come to this decision to do an abroad grad program instead of a grad program in the United States?
1: Yeah, so I didn't quite do a pros and cons list. (laughs) I've done that with other, other facets of my life, but I I knew that in the UK, it was about a third of the cost, not just because it's one year versus three, but literally tuition is a lot cheaper. LSE is pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. As far as London goes, LSE and King's College London are really expensive. Um, But as you go into the northern parts of England, it becomes a lot cheaper. Mm -hmm. Um, Wales is really inexpensive. That was one of, I I applied to a university in Wales because it's, I think, half the price of what I'm paying now. Wow. Um, so it it was all just a numbers game Mm -hmm. um i knew a lot of the programs were similar and um you know coming right out of westmont like the whole debt you know (laughs) earnings ratio is on my (laughs) mind and wanting to defeat that number and and still you know participate well in the workforce
0: jonah have you noticed any cultural differences with like being abroad versus being over here in the u.s
1: oh yeah cultural differences That's hard. So I'm from California. I'm from Northern California. I would say um, I wish I had a good word for it, but the way you interact with people in public is different. So in Santa Barbara, Can you explain that? Yeah. So in Santa Barbara, if someone like drops their phone or drops some money and you like pick it up and try to help them the way that they respond in a big city like London or in like Santa Barbara, completely different. In In London, it's more like you keep to yourself, it's not that people aren't friendly. They're just like, they're really like motivated. Like if you're getting off the tube, people are booking it to like the way out sign. And if you're in front of them, like they're going to cut you off. Um, it, it's like, it, it, everyone's on a mission. That's what it feels like when you're kind of walking around the city, like if someone hits you with their umbrella. It's like, well, whatever, like they have a place to be. Um, <laughs> And I, I, I think that's, it's a cultural piece of London itself. I don't think that goes entirely for the whole UK. Um, you know, Santa Barbara, f- surf culture, uh, you know, it's a little more laid back. <laughs> and um, I think people have just been nicer. When I go for a run by Butterfly, I, like, you know, old people are waving at you and like yeah. asking how your day is and like totally different, completely different. It's like different. a
0: 15 minute conversation while trying to run. I feel
1: that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So and, then and Jenna, that's, for, yeah.
0: Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, that's not to say that everyone's like that. Like, I got plugged into a church, but I'm not making this up. Um, It was a a woman, an older woman from the church, saw me studying in a coffee shop and um, just told me that there was a church nearby that met on campus. And I had no idea that churches in London were meeting in person. So I was like, uh, okay, for sure, I'll check it out. Like, the service started in 20 minutes after she told me. And I, like, went with her, and it was great. And then I invited other friends. So, like, there's those little moments of, like kindness coming out of, yeah. you know, the Christian body, but also, That's
0: so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's not everybody. Um, so then, Jonah, for those people who are considering doing grad school, other than, because yours, you were saying is a numbers game, but um, what do you think would be other motivators to possibly doing a, an abroad grad program?
1: Yeah, I think the, um, the amount of different kinds of experiences you gain just by meeting other people. Um, mm-hmm. It's hard to quantify that. That's, that's not a part of the numbers game. Um, yeah. So everybody on my floor, like except me, speaks at least three languages. They're all from mainland China or yeah. Taiwan, Or um, there's one guy from, from Paris. And so you get all the, especially at such an international school, um, in such an international city, you get so many different kinds of perspectives. Like just when we're all cooking in the kitchen and a conversation comes mm-hmm. up about like legitimacy in Taiwan as a state, or um, someone will say, did you like see this one thing on the news? And I'll be like, uh, yeah, what do you think? And then like that conversation will be like almost more enriching than maybe a seminar conversation you'd have in class. Cause then maybe in class, sometimes people would feel like they have to be there, but then these more fluid conversations with these like really smart people can be super engaging. And those are, yeah, that's been one of my favorite parts for sure. You just have this gathering in grad school of all these really special people that are all really highly motivated And, um, you know, just a a regular lunch conversation could be something that really inspires you or, like, gives you a new idea um, or kind of opens your mind to a a job field you didn't even know about.
0: Wow. That's so cool. So then, are you online right now doing school like the rest of us, or are you meeting in person? How is that working over there?
1: Oh, man. So it's hybrid. Um, And this was a big draw in actually coming to London okay. because, you know, I had to deal with like the visa process and everything for about four months to actually get here. And that's a story in and of itself. But um, (laughs) I have uh, for every class, I have a seminar um, in person, which is 45 minutes. It's supposed to be an hour and a half, but they split us up into two blocked groups. So that's on campus. We have to wear masks. We're inside, socially distant. Okay. Um, some professors are more serious about COVID rules. Some think it's like a joke. <laughs> um, and then one class is two hours in person. Um, half is a lecture. Half is a student presenting. So I'm presenting this week, ironically. Oh. But that that's it's really cool and that feels more normal. Yeah. So it's a group of like 15, and the way we get to interact is is more natural. It's like student led. It's not just someone, you know, pumping through slideshows virtually because right. that can be pretty difficult. Yeah. Um, And every professor has their own approach. Like my dad's a graduate professor. So I've seen the, you know, the behind the scenes of of how hard Zoom learning can be. Um, But I think, yeah, the hybrid learning has been been pretty cool.
0: That is so awesome. And I know that you're just now embarking kind of on this. It's it's only a one year thing and you're kind of still in the beginnings of it. But how are you liking it just as a general question?
1: Mm. (laughs) I like it a lot. Yeah, it's it's a lot more than I expected. Um, and that goes back to just the people you meet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also started working for a uh, pro bono consulting firm on campus with postgraduate students in the public policy department. Oh, cool! And that was just through meeting people that had nothing to do with my studies. So it, it feels like your your program is really a foundation to, to cover your interests and to propel you into a career, hopefully. Um, and so as far as my courses, I've been loving them. They're on transitional justice or one's political theory, and it's, it's really hard, but it's what you want. You want to be challenged. Um, and like those moments where you feel like you're doing poorly or like maybe I don't mm-hmm. belong here, like those are the moments you're really paying for because it means you're being stretched. Um, and then another class is uh, culture and security. So that's, you know, looking at like the culture or uh, the security dilemma in the Middle East, um, cultural narratives in the United Kingdom, how people treat minority groups, um, allocating of resources in the government, like these things that I, I I care about because I come from a place of wanting to learn more about justice. So if it connects back to like a core element of your interests, it's super easy to stay engaged in class and feel motivated. Um, so yeah, been liking it a lot.
0: And, and studying abroad, I feel like that also just helps you because it takes you out of your context, you know what I mean? Like you were saying, it, it totally, you're not thinking about solely like justice or political issues of the United States. You're really thinking globally because your classmate, you know what I mean, is from halfway across the world, you know what I mean? So that's just so cool.
1: Yeah, totally. You You sort of have to care about the world in ways you didn't before. Yeah. Um, I'm from Sacramento, and so there was a lot of things I just didn't know about growing up, and then before that, I lived in Mexico, and there was a sure a whole lot I didn't know about, like baseball. Didn't know baseball existed until I was like five, <laughs> um, and so I think your mind just opens up more, That's so cool. um, especially when you move up to, to East. I mean, yeah, I mean, I lived in, in Eastern Europe for a time when we were in Slovakia um, together for study abroad, and that was already opening my mind up mm-hmm. to a lot of things that I just didn't know about. Like a lot of the calamities that happened in the Balkans, like a lot of Americans don't know about that. So we've been covering that case study the last two weeks in school, but then moving to Western Europe and realizing how it shapes so much of global politics. Like in in the States, we like to think we're the center of the world. In California, we like to think that we're the center of America. Yeah. And maybe we're not. And And that's a humbling and it's a good, it's a good thought.
0: Yeah, for sure. So then what is what are some pieces of advice that you would give to someone who's considering grad school if they're between either going abroad or staying domestically? Or what are just some personality traits that you think would be good for someone to study abroad for their grad school program?
1: Yeah, good question. I think in terms of location, picking international or domestic, I would consider where you want to work Mm. after the fact. Um, so I'm interested in staying in the UK for at least two or three years after the fact, um, probably Northern Ireland. And so I knew that being here, it would, it'd be a really easy transition. Um, if I was trying to apply to jobs in the U S just like Mm -hmm. I did my last semester of Westmont, it was really hard doing interviews at the odd times of the night and then having to transfer back again. So I'd kind of, I'd make like a five-year plan. That would be a a clear piece of advice, um, have like a five-year plan and a 10-year plan, but focus on the five-year for now and realize why, why are you going to this degree? Um, Yes, it's fun. Yes, you're going to enjoy it. We hope. Um, But don't just go and then try to figure it out by like your last year. Know why you're going. Um, Also financials. um, I'd apply early, um, explore all kinds of scholarships, especially Fulbright. Um, COVID's kind of impacted that a little bit, but it's still Mm -hmm. happening. And, um, I think once you apply early, think about sort of the financial aspects and then realize what you're doing after. Those three things really, when they align, like I think they did for me in a lot of ways, it's like, okay, well, like maybe this is how God's Mm -hmm. leading. Like you pray for these certain things and then when they kind of line up, you're like, okay. This, this can this can work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And for our listeners, no, we did not pay Jonah to basically just advertise the Design Your Life plan. Uh we did not pay him to say that. <laughs> yeah. um, but if you oh, want to know what he's talking about, look back at our first episode. Um Kayla, do you have any final questions that you wanted to ask Jonah? I um, I just think it's so cool that you're studying abroad. Well, especially for grad school because it's like, whoa, a more broad perspective on like what this world has to offer but how do you feel like God led you to your choice
1: of studying here
0: or to choosing where you yeah
1: yeah yeah that's a good question I feel like there's a few different answers yeah I think what it came down to was recognizing what I felt what I was I was prayerfully searching for my calling in undergrad Um, I felt a lot of pressure to have it all figured out um i come from a pretty academic family pretty hardworking family so those like questions that i'd get when i'd come home are like okay so like what are your grades like where, where are you going to work after the fact and i didn't just get those questions senior year like i didn't really have a senior year but like throughout all of college it, mm-hmm. i got those questions of what do you what are you going to do like what are you going to do in the world um, and i always felt like i had to have an answer and so I think the more I prayed and the more I considered, okay, I want to orient my life towards justice. I think our country needs that. I think Europe, Europe needs that more than a lot of different kinds of places. <laughs> Europe as a historical agent has been a perpetrator of a lot of global injustice. Um, we don't need to get into that. And so I, I think looking at how LSE framed their program, um, the full name is Culture and Conflict in a Global Europe. So it's looking as, as Europe, as an agent and a framer of how we engage in global politics, but also justice work. So I thought that this program would equip me really well, um, whether I, I work for public sector, or private sector organizations. I thought it'd be the best for what I was feeling God was leading me mm. to do.
0: That's so cool. Awesome. Well, Jonah, if you have any closing statements, we'd love to hear them. But otherwise, I don't want to run us out of time.
1: Sure. Yeah, I think just encouragement for any Westmont students listening. I just feel super grateful for my Westmont experience. I think it prepared me incredibly well. Um, You know, there's people from every top school you can think of in my program. And some of them are really shy they didn't have to public speak as much as we did at Westmont or they didn't get to study abroad and engage with the world. Or maybe their lives were completely in the library. And for us, they were at the beach or in other countries. So I think I'm realizing the (laughs) things that Yeah, I'm realizing and feeling grateful for the things that Westmont did really well, Um, especially as a small school and a school that talked about global issues. Um, And you know, the Westmont community challenges itself. We've seen that with a lot of the racial issues on campus and how we bring those to light. Um, So I think I'm really proud to be from Westmont, and I just encourage I think current students like apply early. You know, don't talk yourself out of anything. My my dad always says, don't say no for other Mm -hmm. people. Um, I'd say apply everywhere and something will work out.
0: Awesome. Well, Jonah, thank you so much. We so appreciated this time and we wish you all the best and a good night's rest from Santa Barbara.
1: Thank you so much. Have a good one, Kayla and Grace.
0: Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of our podcast. We always enjoy having alumni or even current students come and speak with us. It's a great way to reach everyone here on campus and everyone who's not on campus. Speaking of which, we hope that you all have an amazing Thanksgiving break, whether you're staying in your dorm or whether you're going to visit family. Please be safe and have a wonderful time away and know that the Cove will be here when you get back searching to help work with you through Westmont Works. Have a great day.